Welcome, everybody, to the fabulous 49th edition of the Metabolus 2 podcast, which, as usual, features David. And uh, Ben, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, told you. And we've been doing this for over a year now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. It'll be, it's, like, it's a staring contest, okay? When, when one of us blinks, the, the other one is the winner. Well, we'll see how we do in the wilderness between Moffat and El Chib. That's here. it. Yeah, it's a hooing, <laughs> a hooing contest. All right. Um, and uh, I think this week, uh, obviously, we're discussing the fabulous season finale yes. to the 10th season of New Who, mm-hmm. The Doctor Falls. And boy, did he ever. Wow. He did fall. Fell, fell, fell quite Flat far. on his back. <laughs> Flat on his back in a pile of ashes. So, hang on, David. What did you think of the episode? Let's um, let's 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 crack straight on. Well, straight in. nice nice recovery from last week. I thought. Yes, I will tentatively agree <laughs> with that. There's a lot to like in it. Uh, it there, I, I do have some questions that we can uh, maybe touch okay. upon a little bit later. Excellent, um, excellent. Uh, overall, it was pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked how they handled Bill in being a Cyberman. And I like, and there, yeah. there, are, there are things. Very that, sympathetic. We had a lot of empathy to it. I liked yeah. it, yes. And I, I liked how there's there's some very interesting directorial decisions that uh, Rachel Talalay did with, with, the, with the beginning where we first saw Bill in the barn and we see Bill, we don't see a Cyberman. And so we, the whole perspective is Bill sees herself as Bill, but everyone else sees her as frankenstein as a cyberman robo mop yeah <laughs> and i thought that was really really well done yeah and yeah I just that the, the scene the scene with the mirror the shadow the some very very nice directorial decisions well i, I think it allowed i mean you know over and above the uh, the kind of dramatic content of that it actually allowed us to spend more time with bill yeah with with um with pearl mackie um mm-hmm. and it allowed her to do some again completely astounding acting right um uh i mean i think if she'd been the whole episode as the as the cyber uh, as um as robomop um <laughs> i think eventually it would have become a little bit ridiculous i right. think it would might might have been hard to sustain right that that you know that because it, it, it you know that those cybermen those modazzi and cybermen have that kind of sad clown face that right. kind of paliachi face um i think they work because obviously they're evil clowns mm-hmm. um not just sad clowns and if the clown is just sad then i think it becomes it you know we, you really run the risk of the whole thing becoming ridiculous, and you, it can't become ridiculous mm-hmm. because the woman is in an absolutely horrific situation. Right. So, very, very smart. I mean, I wonder whether that was, uh, you know, uh, I'm obviously, you know, obviously that was a decision of the scriptwriter. Mm-hmm. One would have Moffat, thought yeah. Moffat, um, but beautifully directed mm-hmm. by um, by young Rachel, by young Rachel, yeah, mm-hmm. young Rachel. Mm. And they really spelled out the horror of it, you know, with Missy saying Bill was dead, dismembered, doomed to spend an eternal afterlife as a biomechanical psycho zombie. Yeah. There wasn't too fine a point put on it that Bill no. was not Bill anymore. She was a Cyberman, and the only thing that was holding her back is what we've seen in the the finale of the Mon- Monkey Trilogy is her very strong sense of person. That yeah, absolutely, is, absolutely. But... Um, so your initial thoughts, I guess. What, what was it a good ending for you for oh, series ten? Oh, I, I I I thought it was a great recovery. Um, uh, the the strong the strong vibe that I actually got from you know 
I mean, obviously, like all finales, there are a series of endings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Masters have an ending, mm-hmm. Bill has an ending, and the Doctor has an ending. And, or, and Nardole, you know, too. And, and Nardole, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a series of, of, of finales, all of which I think I think came off came off very well um, mm-hmm. and were satisfying and, you know, true, true to the characters for Bill. I got a very, very strong The Doctor's Daughter vibe, you know, the kind of... Um, Halo Jones, sort of, you know, where did she go out? What did she, what did she do? Mm. Everything, kind of thing. And 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 I didn't feel that the reintroduction of Puddle Woman, um, <laughs> Heather, she was Heather, Heather. watery Heather, <laughs> watery Heather. I, I I didn't think that was. I mean, you know, there's a strong whiff of you know Deus Ex in that. Um, yeah. but Deus Ex Aqua. <laughs> Deus Ex Aqua. Um, but I think that whiff was 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 actually strongly contained. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know the idea that you, you know that you can sublime into a um, into a Q level of omnipotence. Yeah. Uh, you know, which which is which is a dodgy concept to work with mm-hmm. because people who are in, are, are omnipotent, I think, are, are hard to are hard to manage dramatically. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was good, and I thought I, I thought it also also worked well with what we've seen of Bill's home life, which right. is okay but you know she's not very successful romantically Mm -hmm. um she is an orphan Uh, she does have not have a doesn't have a good relationship with her foster person (laughs) uh uh, so again i mean i think i think the 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 desire which which i mean i hope she will take that that option to become you know one with the universe right that kind of makes sense you know i mean Mm -hmm. she's not got a lot to go back to right if you know her atoms are rearranged back into a human again and she's certainly got nothing to go back to because she's a her majority of her body is now minced up in the in the in the side of the conversion process. Right. So um, really, really very well done, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. I'm really happy that Bill is more or less got a happy ending, but it's a happy ending with kind of a creepy, watery woman. There, there's a little bit of tentativeness there that you really don't know how it's going to work out, and it reminded me really a lot of how uh, season nine ended with Clara and me, Lady Me going off in the TARDIS, yeah, but this is yeah. e- even more omnipotent. Um, like you said, we have Star Trek's Q. Uh, we have these super beings like the Eternals from Enlightenment yeah. or, the, or the Guardians. We have these stronger or um, omnipotent type beings in the Doctor Who universe, but this is the first time we've seen, well, Heather is basically a interstellar tourist she's just there going from place to place to enjoy the universe enjoy the universe and now bill is joining her sightseeing the ending is really reminiscent of clara and me going off in the original tardis console room yeah i mean very much hope that you know fan fiction fiction writers are rushing to their typewriters right now (laughs) to do a, a me clara watery heather watery bill Mm -hmm. and um and doctor's daughter team up basically (laughs) um they all team up and and they're all ladies Mm -hmm. um and they all they all fight universal crime together by being (laughs) omnipotent um i thought it's again so just think you think about the um the lady thing i mean there is a a, i'm now going to segue into kind of other some of the other endings i I think one of the interesting things about these finale episodes Mm -hmm. um and i think one of the difficulties about writing these finale episodes and i think this actually worked 
was able to address some of those difficulties is that you're is the it's the ending mm-hmm. that you're that you're waiting for. This the, the, these finale episodes are all are all about well what's going to happen at the end closure um, about closure. So again, it's hard. It's it's a challenge to keep the excitement and interest going throughout the episode, which I think they did very well here. I think they did it well because they had multiple endings and we first saw Missy's ending and the master's ending and Nardle's ending and then the doctor's ending and then Bill's ending. And yeah. so there there was a series of progressive endings throughout the throughout the last 15 minutes of the program yeah. that yeah. had that impact. Yeah. And I I I found the the Missy master ending to be, you know, pretty satisfying. Mm, really? Yeah, I I I liked it. I thought it was, you know, Moffat has this kind of antediluvian attitude to kind of women, um, and you know, the, I think the idea that kind of Missy is automatically nicer and more sympathetic as a master than mm-hmm. than the male master is is a little bit kind of well, you know what? Actually, that probably isn't how that is. But anyway, they're mm-hmm. both mythical creatures, so that's fine. Right. Um, I, and I actually kind of like you know that the master basically kills himself and prevents himself from from existing anymore. Um, well, is the master really dead? Well, the master never really is dead, but I think it's a nice closure to these two masters. Um, uh, so obviously we now know how the John Sim master regenerates. And he was really, I thought he was really good and slimy and evil. <laughs> slimy uh, is a good way to describe him. You know, that whole, like, well, it's, it's, it's well, I actually wrote it down. It's trying to rile, it's like trying to rile a fridge. Um, he's just got no <laughs> sympathy for anyone at all. Uh, and I thought he was very good. And I thought, you know, we, we now know how he, how he regenerates into presumably Missy or maybe into another master of some kind. I was wondering if Missy regenerates which i'm i'm assuming the master will regenerate because right oh i guess moriarty eventually was killed off or died but right really for moriarty to be effective in a sherlock holmes universe moriarty always has to exist right and right, right fortunately at least uh <laughs> to date we don't have things like the force ghosts in star wars Right. So i'm assuming the master is going to be back in some incarnation regeneration in, in the future so Missy's uh, corpse or body was obviously probably charred in the uh, explosion. So throwing this out there, could she be the master from the Deadly Assassin? Oh, or, oh I like that theory. Or Keeper of Trarkin era that maybe that this, maybe this that is isn't inter- inserted. In- Ooh. <laughs> Oh, I like that one. You get you get you get a plus in this episode for having that idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's how the master got all charred yeah. and ended up all kind of bitter and twisted on um, on Gallifrey. It's all timey wimey. Uh, it all it's all timey wimey. Nice one. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Although I, I doubt it, but uh, it just well, you know, I no. would I would imagine that any kind of explanation, and we never get a really an explanation how the master gets out of his or her scrapes, right? No, and again, I mean, as, let's let's just think about the end of Survival, where the Master also gets presumably gets all charred and stuff as well. So, right. Anyway, who knows? Oh, did the the classic dematerialization circuit? Did you? I, I was very <laughs> pleased to see that it was. It's smaller than the one that I own. I actually, I own a. I own I own a prop accurate dematerialization circuit from the Pertwee era. From the Pertwee era, courtesy of my lovely wife. Well, the the Master's TARDIS has always been more advanced than the Doctor's TARDIS, a, so I imagine it's a Type sixty or something exactly. Yeah, advancements in yeah. Gallifrey and microcircuit design. But that was a that was a very nice that was a very nice kind of um, kind of in joke I think. 
So I'm 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 taking it. I'm taking that Gomez told Sim to always carry a secondary dematerialization circuit. Sim didn't realize he was carrying it, and so I think perhaps maybe the missing master remembers more than she lets on. Right. And if right. she knows more than she lets on, then she probably remembers being shot by the by herself. Right. So there's lots to get out of this circumstance. Oh, for yeah. Her, so. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, oh, I mean, again, you know, it's, 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 it's good to have a, what appears to be a final line in the sand drawn for the line in the ashes drawn for the master. Mm -hmm. But again, it's always good to have just like a vague get out clause in case, you know, Chibnall Mm -hmm. or whoever wants to bring, wants to bring, wants to bring the bearded, the bearded baddie back again. And it was, I think it was interesting too, that uh, with the master, that unlike with the doctors meeting each other, the masters ultimately, of course, they would kill each other. They would try to do each other in or betray each other. So it, it made some kind of sense for the character that it would end negatively in that in that way. Yeah, I mean, they're either going to have sex with each other or they're <laughs> going to kill each other. They're probably going to do both. Is the is because yes, the, the master yeah, the well, master is a mess. Yeah, yep. the Sims master was pretty pretty slimy there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, pretty nasty, mm-hmm. pretty nasty piece of work. Now, there, one thing that I was thinking, mm. we've always seen in the classic series of the Doctor and the Master always joining forces at the end to defeat the yep. defeat the thing, and I thought we might have seen that again. I think that would have also been a satisfying ending, mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. think what Moffat did is provide a reset for Chibnall if he wants an evil master he has an evil master if he wants a good master he has that so if we if the last thing we saw was both Missy and the doctor standing back to back blowing up Cybermen then we have a more messy ending with okay what does Cyber Bill do with the doctor's body and Missy's body so I think there's a lot I think there's a lot more, it's a lot cleaner for Moffat to have yeah. done it this way, but I think the other way would have been satisfying, but I think as a writer, it probably posed him more problems. Yeah, and I thought there was some very, um, I mean, this is a super minor minor point, um, but I mean, I thought there was some very clever writing, actually, yeah. for the, the John Sim master, which was really, he was very, it was very evocative of the kind of mid-2000 or mid to late 2000s, that's when he was in the show originally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, even uh, this is a super minor point, but even you know his f- kind of final speech to the doctor when he says, you know, look at this face. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is someone who hasn't been listening to you, which is an absolute ripoff of uh, Catherine Tate's you know comedy sketch as as Lauren the schoolgirl, who's mm-hmm. always saying like, look at my face, look at my <laughs> face, which again you know, takes you right back to right. the to, to the mid to late two thousands, which is when he was the master, and it kind of like, kind of locates him in a mm-hmm. particular era of the show in a very kind of smart way and I and it just it's those little kind of touches mm-hmm. that one that one enjoys and actually talking of little touches did you catch um planet 14 and marinus yes i did yes you did exactly. and did you of course and, you did and there was also a reference to the wheel and space system which i missed that one yeah when the doctor was blowing up the cyberman at the end he names off the star in 
uh, the wheel in space that went right. supernova. Zoe said it was Messier 13. Excellent. I missed that. I missed that completely. Um, uh, for, for, for those of you who are not in the know, um, Planet 14 is the missing Cyberman, Cyberman episode, I think, that is referenced in the Troughton era. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, Marinus uh, references Doctor Who magazine and the... Um, the only strip that Grant Morrison, um, I think, wrote for Doctor Who magazine, which is a complete insane <laughs> story, which involves like meeting an old Jamie in the Highlands of Scotland and like multiple doctors and blah blah blah. But basically, puts forward the idea that the Vrood, uh, the Vrood, um, from Marinus, are were the original Cybermen um, and evolve evolve into Cybermen. Yeah. Um, I was very pleased um, that, 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 that what I was suggesting last week is that the reason why there are so many different kinds of Cybermen is that every civilization at some point becomes, uh, at a point, uh, starts to think about maybe it, to, mm-hmm. it, it should cyberize itself. Mm-hmm. And I think um, this, uh, this story kind of vindicated that idea. I think you deserve a big pat on the back for that. You. You're certainly... Certainly, we had been talked about that when we had our, done our Cyberman rundown. You know, either you're reading Moffat's mine or, you, uh, oh, or, yeah. or he's reading yours. So I think this really disrupts fandom because um, fandom oh. really tries to put everything in a singular continuity. And this right. just blows that up completely. There isn't one cyber, cyber timeline. Which I, I actually think is a really smart way of addressing the absolute, you know, god awful mess that is the cyber timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, if you re- so actually, you know, for someone who's a real continuity geek, actually this is this is a mm-hmm. uh, this is a boon because it allows you to separate out the kind of the bits of cyber history that don't make any sense and place them um, in a in to, to do with another with a you know with a completely different right. civilization. I mean, I think I think it's it's it, I I like it. I mean, it's slightly. I, uh, this, I have, the only problem with this is, is I do like the idea that Cybermen just get better and better and better and better over time. Well, they did. Um, they did in this episode, even. They did, yeah. Which I, again, I thought was a really smart use of you know the the, the kind of long aspect of time travel that mm-hmm. Moffat is so interested in that you know you can take the long way round, and if you're a Cyberman, taking the long way round is completely advantageous because right. you could just upgrade yourself and upgrade yourself and upgrade yourself, and there's no way that the mm-hmm. Doctor can get to his TARDIS at the top of the ship mm-hmm. um, because the Cybermen will always catch him because they've got more time to work with. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just to quote, because I did write this down, because I kind of did victory sign when when it happened, because it really right. it was confirmation. It's sort of like the doctor saying they always get started. It happens anywhere there is people. Mondas, Telos, Earth, Planet Fourteen, Marinus. Some things are inevitable. People get the Cybermen wrong. I think that's like a direct directly talking to fandom in general. Right, there is right. no plan. There is no evil genius. Just parallel evolution. And I don't know if that's a Capaldi Scottish accent, but it came across as instead of evolution as evolution, evolution. people evolution. plus technology minus humanity. And then I think another conversation Moffat was having with fandom, the internet, cyberspace, Cybermen, and then he goes, "Always read the comments. One day there'll be an army." <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nicely done. And again, yeah. I mean, I think. You know, this uh, this is I think something I was saying about last week's, and obviously you know as you know, as, as as we know, mm-hmm. you, you you possibly didn't enjoy last week's as episode as much as I did. No. But I think you know if only, and again you know we can't really expect the man to to write well every episode, or maybe we can. <laughs> um, if only if only he would do it do do this well every episode. Well, um, I think he wrote really know. well last week, but it's a two parter, and last week was the. 
descent, and this was the recovery. <laughs> Shall I go into things I have kind of going hmm about, or should we leave it? Oh no, did you can have, you can always cut them. If you think they're <laughs> well, really unnecessary. Yeah, so I thought it was. I did think <laughs> Fix it, it in post. I did think yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I did think it was kind of a. Uh, 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 humanity's first weapon with the apple was a little bit uh i'm not sure how that fit within the whole narrative arc it seemed a little odd to me to have that in there and that we had to have the the young girl who i almost thought would have been bill remembering herself as a little girl but yeah i thought turned, that was going to happen as well but it didn't but yeah turned out not to be um yeah so, so and actually i didn't get that so humanity's first i because i i was getting a kind of snow white um, and the seven dwarfs, that, thing that too, like yes. a poisoned apple. But you were getting a you were getting a Garden of Eden vibe. Well, the, the doctor yeah. called it the humanity's first weapon, so that was my thinking. Well, is this the apple from the Garden of Eden type, uh, type thing? But right. yeah, but he did sell it like the witch in Snow White. I question I questioned the line of uh, uh, robots with a monkey brain for the Cybermen um, because. Is that what we're supposed to think that most Cybermen are because they have their emotions turned off or something? I, I, I don't like the idea that they're robots with monkey brains. I thought that was a throwaway line. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to be if you want to be kind of accurate about it, they're ape brains, mm-hmm. um, not monkeys, because humans are descendants of apes, not right. monkeys. Um, yeah, it was unnecessarily flippant at mm-hmm. that point in the drama. And it undid the power of Bill, her person, her sense of person, that she could resist the cyber conversion and just sort of like how we had, right, right, uh, had back in the Battle of Canary Wharf with the, yeah. um, the Torchwood woman who was crying and you know resisting the cyber conversion. It's yeah. that that they're more than just monkey brains. It just didn't mesh well for me, and it and it kind of did stick out. Like, yeah, it's a funny line. But yeah, it it narratively and for the script, it seemed to kind of undo some of the things that were going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the ending ending is a little uh, the title. The doctor falls. Yeah, the doctor didn't save Bill. No, Bill. Bill was saved herself, kind of. Well, her relationship with Heather, basically, mm-hmm. or you know that Heather has been. Uh, kind of uh, shadowing her whenever Bill cries, it's Heather's tears, and that I I thought that did really well. That it explained, you know, this shouldn't be happening. Cybermen shouldn't be crying. So obviously, looking back, that's Heather's right. tear. And they replayed the scene in the first episode or the line where Bill says, "I don't think those are my tears." I thought that worked really well. We did have an inkling that. It was foreshadowed in the first episode where the Doctor says, maybe we'll come across a Heather again. It's a big universe out there. You never know. But like you said earlier, it does seem to be a little bit of deus ex aqua. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll do that one. Of an ending. And I'm sure there's a segment of fandom that really is not happy with that Moffat just does not kill off companions. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think actually, I, I don't really like that part of fandom, to be honest, the, mm-hmm. the, the part of fandom that wants companions to die more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm perfectly happy with companions dying less. I, 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 just, I, do, I just prefer their resurrection to be well-organized mm-hmm. and well-written, much as 
I think that the whole Clara thing was badly organized and badly written. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, as I've said before, I really had hoped if Clara, Clara should have died of old age in that Christmas episode. <laughs> um, and to bring her back for another season, I think was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to make a big deal of her dying in the Harry Potter episode only to come back to fly around in her space diner um, right. with what with what's her name from Game of Thrones is is with me sorry is it, I, I just thought that was just badly organized mm-hmm. um, I thought this was extremely well organized and therefore quite you know quite satisfying um, it was very it, it was a very sweet ending was. even though Heather is pretty I think she's pretty creepy <laughs> well you know I mean who knows different strokes are different folks uh, <laughs> right <laughs> maybe they, they, True they're, 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 they're literally a match made in heaven um, let's just um, quickly I mean we can well not quickly because we've got as much time as we want um, I thought uh, we talked about Rachel Talahay and the direction I thought the direction was beautiful um, mm-hmm. uh, I thought the battle scenes were really super effective um, with the kind of armies of Cybermen getting exploded I thought that was great the final scene in this kind of ashen, you know, post-nuclear wasteland was just, right. you know, really, really touching and beautifully done. With Bill crying over the doctor, I think it's going to be yeah. an iconic scene with a Mondasian Cyberman, Bill, crying over the doctor. And just with the death of the doctor, with having a Mondasian Cyberman, I'm sure we're meant to believe that this is Bill who finally succumbed because she hinted that she can only fight it off Absolutely. for so long. And then to have the sound effect, a classic sound effect, you know, kind of amped yeah. up for the modern Doctor Who, but we have the, a classic Cyberman gun sound for the Mondasian Cyberman, Cyber gun. I thought those were really good good scenes and then just earlier with bill carrying the doctor just like the doctor was carrying amy in asylum of the daleks earlier you know so it's a call back to moffat's greatest hits and just that a a lot of the season was revisiting kind of the themes or ideas that moffat had had throughout the series so i i think with Cyber Bill carrying the Doctor and then Cyber Bill crying over the Doctor at the end are, are going to be two iconic images in Doctor Who absolutely, uh, lore. Absolutely. Um, I was also very much delighted to see the Black Mountains back again um, in South Wales, one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the world. Um, very, very familiar landscape. That. Was that a typical building for that area? Uh, no, no. Um, that's either an actual... The barn, uh, the, the stone buildings are right. absolutely typical. Right. Those are, those are all over that part of the world. But the house, not typical at all. They, that's either a set that they built or a building that they dressed in wood to make it more look more like a kind of, you know, an Alamo style, you know, kind of right. a wild, it, wild it, West style, you know, last stand. It looked American. Yeah. Almost. Or, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, since I don't really go to that area of the world as much as I would like to nowadays, um, it's become a more upscale part of the world than it used to be when I used to go there as a child. Mm-hmm. That may be someone's kind of, you know, fancy, fancy cabin that mm. they've been able to hire. I don't know. Maybe, one of those maybe. three things. Okay. So it, things. it's not, really a, a typical Welsh structure then because it no, seemed to me I, no, it seemed no. to me very odd yeah as a, though I would say for, for, for our American fans or our non-Welsh fans listeners um, uh, that barn is 100% as typical <laughs> as they come for that part of the world that all the barns are like that um, also of course you know when 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 Nardole and Nardole's family you know make it to uh, the upper floor or to a, uh, to a higher floor, the daffodils kind of give it away as being Wales. Um, right. <laughs> Wales is covered in daffodils and it's their national flower. Yeah, that's very yeah. nice touch then. 
the national flower of Wales is the daffodil, and it's springtime. It's springtime. It's you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a new hope for Nardole and Nardole's children. Well, speaking of children, I, I think they did a really Moffat did a really good job of targeting specifically the fear factor behind the sofa moments for children when they're explaining the Cybermen are coming specifically for the children. And the yes. master explains because there's less to throw away. Less to throw away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, those are great. the those are I think when Moffat shines, and I think he really did well when you look at the first part and the second part of this two parter together. And that's not something he always has done really well. Carry off the story because he uh a lot of times i think the second part of the two-parter of a season finales misses a beat and i don't feel it did this time yeah absolutely absolutely so i mean why let's let, let's press on um let's talk about the nardo ending so nardo yeah. has you know he's well, uh, this so what did you think of uh hazrin samantha spiro are you familiar with her acting i'm not familiar with her at all actually okay. is she should i should i be the only way I've known of her is she, I believe, is in the Game of Thrones, as is many British actors. Yes, because that's all shot in Northern Ireland. Um, no, she wasn't. She wasn't familiar at all, actually. Okay, so well, that's good because then you didn't have a preconceived uh, opinion of her role. She wasn't typecast in your mind. Not at all. Um, oh, Melissa Tart. Yeah, she's a really super minor character in Game of Thrones. Um, for Game of Thrones fans. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No, no, I haven't, haven't, haven't come across her at all. But it's good to see, you know, that Nardole, you know, Nardole finds some kind of closure, not closure, a new life. A new life, yeah. And yeah, I thought that there was some coupling level innuendo going in, in the <laughs> script with well, uh, yeah. with Hazran and um, Nard with Nardole with the pushing pushing the mugs together and then saying, "Well, I'm up for anything one time." <laughs> 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 at least once so that wasn't subtle uh there was certainly the interplay the flirting with the sim sim master and missy right uh, and that's and ultimately at the end that's how missy stabs him in the back by alluring him <laughs> closer alluring him on yes and, his narcissistic yeah desires mm-hmm. yeah and then at the end with watery heather talking to bill saying you know i'm a pilot i can fly anything i can fly you even (laughs) (laughs) so i you know uh, maybe these things will an eternity of goddess sex exactly (laughs) (laughs) or something i'm sure so i i like that bill has had a happy ending we hope it, it it has the possibility of happy ending. I mean, they're effectively dating right now. They they have to, they barely know each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's and true. so, so um, Bill gets her girl in the end. I think heavily hinted that we're going to have a female doctor next in this. You think? I think there's a few lines like uh, with the master master kind of uh kind of upset with missy for showing empathy referring to bill as a her or a she right when him and then the ma- uh, sims master is going is the future going to be all girl and the, the doctor says we can only hope <laughs> well i mean i think you know the 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 sex of the new doctor really you know it's 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 it's, it's basically determined by chibnall mm-hmm. um but i think also um you know i think the high ups at the bbc will will have a hand in it absolutely um and as you know as far as i know and i don't know anything mm-hmm. other than what i read on the internet is that you know one of the reasons that that, that capaldi 
wasn't really told to go, but certainly um, they didn't say no, no, no. You have to stay because right. he wasn't because he wasn't Matt Smith enough. Um, they wanted it, someone younger, basically. They want someone role. younger, and you know the huge success of Matt Smith, and in inter- in terms of especially attracting a female mm-hmm. fandom and to tenant. Doctor Who uh, and Tennant as well. I think may I think there'll be some interesting discussions about whether it's worth taking. They took a risk on an old on an older person. Mm-hmm. Um, are they now going to take a risk on a on a, on a female person um, uh, who knows who knows it's up to worldwide and the high ups of the BBC well it'll be interesting um, and uh, I guess the cat is out of the bag we see David Bradley's uh, Hartnell doctor at the end and I called that one as well, didn't I? You I sure said did. That, I said it's going to be the tenth planet, um, which which it kind of is. So mm-hmm. yeah, David Bradley's back. Um, and it sounded like to me that it was right before the regeneration scene in the tenth planet that he was heading back is. towards the TARDIS, heading back to the TARDIS. So whether we'll have, we, do you think Ben and Polly will be appearing? That would be interesting. I was. That would be fun. I I really wonder. I hope they do better casting for Annika and. Annika Wills and Michael Craze than they did in the Adventure in Space and Time. Adventure in Space and Time, Because yeah. they didn't really, well, Ben especially, the actor that was playing Michael Craze, Ben, did not look at all like... <laughs> Anything like him, exactly. No, but... I mean, I'm, I'm vaguely worried that we're going to have, like, the youngest and also oldest doctor, um, you know, teaching the older and also younger doctor, mm. you know, that you have to accept... That you have to change Whoa. that kind of like touch touchy feely episode. That which does I think seem what... like what we're going to get because <laughs> it does, it because does seem that way, it, 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 it's sort of like I don't want to change. Well, change well, you know, change, change my good. dear. Yep, <laughs> it changed. Yeah, it changed, and, and, and not a moment too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, what I I have to say, I I like David Bradley a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great actor. I don't know where he's been all my life to suddenly <laughs> appear and then be on be in all these be in all these awesome shows. I'll have to look him up on the internet and mm-hmm. find out exactly what he's, what he's been doing all these years. But I I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I mean, in 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 an adventure in in space and time, um, he was playing William Hartnell, right? Not the first Doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, or I... an amalgam of the mm-hmm. two. And I, I, I actually personally think he is too old mm-hmm. to play the first Doctor. Um, and I, I actually did some did some sums based on people's birth dates. Bradley is seventy one. Was seventy one in twenty thirteen mm-hmm. when he played William Hartnell. Um, William Hartnell was fifty eight in nineteen sixty six. But Bradley probably is not a as heavy of a smoker or drinker or what that's, that Hartnell that's, was, that... and that does age people. That's true. I still think he's too old. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's the right size. What always bugs me, and make, unfortunately also makes, as much as I like it, the five doctors almost unwatchable for me, <laughs> is that Herndel is like <laughs> 10 feet tall. Uh, you know, um, and doesn't look anything like William Hartnell anyway. Um, it's like, why couldn't you just got someone who doesn't look like William Hartnell just, just, just made them the right size? Mm-hmm. I mean, William Hartnell was a tiny, malnourished... Um, you know, well, working he was, class. Right, he grew up during the Depression. Exactly, right. <laughs> he was born in 1908. Right. Um, you know, he was going to be a jockey. Right. Um, before he decided to be an actor, he was a, he was a little tiny man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's my, why that's why uh, William Russell was cast. 
Yes, because they didn't think he would. Well, and I and I think they were right. Is that you know they needed to have an action, mm-hmm. an action man in there as well. Um, I, I, and unfortunately, you know, I I have my dream casting for the person who should who should have played, mm-hmm. um, uh, William Hartnell and the, and the and the first Doctor. And every time I look at Bradley, I just think of my dream casting. <laughs> my dream casting is Robert Carlyle. Okay. Um, out of Train Spotting, mm-hmm. who I think who's just the right age. He's fifty two years old. Um, and in um, in 2013, um, and he's in his mid to late 50s now, um, and he's just the right size. And as long as he could lose the scotch, he would be fine. But that being said, um, the fan in me is delighted to have mm-hmm. the first Doctor back. Whether this will signal a willingness to bring other Doctors back, like Brig Finish has done, I have no idea. You know, it could just signal that somehow uh, Capaldi Doctor and the Bradley Hartnell Doctor will combine into some kind of super regeneration to have uh, Reese Shearsmith become the next, <laughs> the next Doctor cosplaying I mean, I, uh, Troughton. <laughs> because I mean, I, I, I can't remember whether you've, we've mentioned this before, but you've seen the, the Halloween costume that um, Sean Pertwee put on, right. um, dress, basically yes. dressing up as his dad, right. um, which would be weird, but also awesome mm-hmm. um, if he came back as the third, if he came back as the third. Doctor. Well, he's but so busy with maybe Gotham. maybe we're getting ahead of each <laughs> yeah. other, getting ahead of ourselves, right? Yeah. Now. yeah, it'll be interesting. I I I have a hunch of what the Christmas will bring, but you know, Moffat has certainly this is this is his farewell yep. story yep. and i i sincerely doubt that he will return to writing doctor who um probably Ever within again a, mm, i could see him coming back if big finish was still a thing in 20 years him doing oh, yeah. um, right. big finish towards the, the sun sunset of his career sort of like how right. hinchcliffe has retired but still is doing occasional things i could see since moffat is such a huge fan and after 20 years or 30 years more he might have uh, i have one or two more some ideas new, left stories. in me yeah and so i i could see yeah. that um but yeah. i really sincerely doubt that he would just like rtd did not reappear during the moffat era i doubt that either rtd or moffat will be writing for the chibnall era yeah, though I mean RTD and Chibnall are pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're closer than Moffat and 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 RTD are. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean they're off to write. I mean mm-hmm. uh, Moffat's off to write Dracula now, isn't he? That, that, yeah. That him and him and um, Gages are going to Sherlock eyes Dracula. So interesting <laughs> to see what happens there. Yeah, I uh, wonder if that will be a successful, but uh, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Dracula's mm-hmm. kind of a different different character. No, I thought I thought it was also Frankenstein. I could see Dracula's a weird one. I can mm-hmm. see see Frankenstein working, but anyway, whatever. Well, uh, the Dracula has built-in sex appeal, and that's what I think they'll probably trying to be harnessing. Yeah, the Baron can be sexy. <laughs> I suppose. Baron von Frankenstein. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Anyway, yeah. Possibly. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yes, I think I, 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 all in all, very, very rewarding, successful, satisfying series finale. Um, congratulations, yeah. Rachel Talahay, um, uh, Stephen Moffat and all the actors who played the characters for whom yeah. you both wrote and directed. Yeah. 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 Good way to yeah. end series 10. Good. Well, excellent. So um, fantastic. Um, yeah, well done, everybody. Well done. Yep. Makers, so, make, makers of Doctor Who, you have pleased us this week. So I think next episode of the podcast, we'll do a, a Series 10 wind down, just kind of yep. go through and uh, chat about that and see just yep. see if impressions have changed. My, my uh, feelings on Episode 11 of the series are a little more uh, 
mellowed out after seeing 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 the season finale. So it'd be interesting yeah, yeah. to see if how things have changed or how they sit as a whole because these these stories really are season arcs as a whole and it's hard to see things individual or piecemeal week after week and then yep. um, how do they fit as a whole so it'll be interesting yeah 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 um and of course I, I, in my exciting news um i'm off to the san diego comic con oh yeah um, so american fans watch out for me i'll be there <laughs> um in my distinctive clothes so you're um, cosplaying as a I'll, I'll be, as my no, I'll be cosplaying as myself. <laughs> okay. I think really, uh, <laughs> um, but I am trying to get myself uh, into the Doctor Who panel, um, which I think has Capaldi and Moffat, and I'm I'm very much hoping that maybe they'll announce a new Doctor at that panel. I, so. I think you're going to have to uh, camp out early for that one. I think there's yeah, going to be I am. a I lot know. of buzz. But you will, you'll, you'll, you'll get all the news first here on the Metabeaters <laughs> 2 podcast, everybody. You'll have to do a live breaking report. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. It's, it's Samantha Spyro from out of Game of Thrones. It's the new Doctor. Hooray. Yeah, it's just... Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm so, yeah, we can talk about this next week, but yeah. I'm, 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 I'm kind of sorry to see Peter go, actually. I'm I, as as, a, as a, am I. Anyway, whatever. All right, so thank you for listening to episode 49 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. I've been David. And I have been Ben. Have a good one. Okay, goodbye, everyone. <laughs>